Hey Rookie Big Board listeners, I'm excited to let you know that the 2022 Rookie Guide Volume 2 is now available at patreon.com slash the FF Educator. 130 pages of rookie insight, analysis, draft strategy, and more. You can get that in addition to my full Rookie Big Board rankings and access to the patron discord at patreon.com slash the FF Educator. Now, let's get to this episode. NFL Draft Fantasy Football Rookie Mock Draft. I'm your host, Matt Hicks, the FF Educator, and I am fired up for this one. It feels like all the mock drafts have built up to this one. This is a real draft. This is tangible. There are takeaways to it. I want you to comment. If you are watching, comment and let me know who did I take too high, who did I take too low. This is what I really expect to happen in your rookie drafts based on these landing spots. As always, my mock drafts are a combination of what I'm seeing from consensus and my own rankings here. Let's go ahead, waste no more time. It will be four rounds, super flex, PPR. Here we go. 101 It is going to be Brees Hall, the running back who landed with the New York Jets. I like the Jets landing spot. I think it's a good landing spot. Looking at 250 plus touches, it's not my favorite landing spot, but I don't think any running back at a perfect landing spot this year. Kenneth Walker off the board, 102 here, running back now with the Seattle Seahawks. I have to tell you, I do still have Kenneth Walker as my running back one. Personally, it's very close, and I think most people have Brees Hall as the as their running back one, so that's why he's 101 and Kenneth Walker is 102. But I do consider these players to be uh, somewhat in a tier of their own. Wide receiver Drake London, top 10 overall selection, lands with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Drake London is somebody who I could see pushing Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker to be the first selection in a super flex draft here or a one quarterback draft. This mock draft is actually, and a lot of these are going to cross translate here between super flex and one quarterback. But you look at Drake London here, he projects into a volume based role. I like him with Marcus Mariota. You know, we'll get into Desmond Ritter potentially with him, but I like him with Marcus Mariota. I like him as an immediate red zone threat remember Kyle Pitts just one red zone touchdown or just one touchdown I should say last season a lot of opportunity here Drake London went from my wide receiver four pre-draft up to wide receiver two it's very close between Drake London and another wide receiver we're not actually going to talk about that one yet though because I think folks are in on Garrett Wilson Garrett Wilson wide receiver now for the New York Jets off the board here in this mock draft at 104 I think we're seeing what we expected with Garrett Wilson right he just checks the boxes all the way through 
I, I could see him being, you know, slightly under 200 fantasy points. He's going to plug into uh, that wide receiver two territory uh, as a, a first year player, as a rookie in the league. Now, 105 is my current wide receiver one. It's so, so close with Drake London, but he was my wide receiver one beforehand. So he's going to end up on the rookie big board as my wide receiver one. And that is Chris Olave. High volume role, lands with the New Orleans Saints. I love his player, uh, his talent. I love the way that he projects for fantasy football. He was my wide receiver one going in. Now he's in a high volume role. I'm not worried about Jameis Winston in the least because Chris Olave is going to be able to stretch the field. And even if he has a lower catch percentage than you may expect, the targets in the average depth of target and the touchdowns, I do expect to balance all of those things out. Also, you have to think long term, especially with wide receivers. And you'd have to imagine here that the Saints will track upward at the quarterback position here over the next few years. Last player to go off the board here in my first six picks, and that is Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pitt, now with Pittsburgh, right? Kenny Pickett of 106 here. I really think this should be the absolute floor in a super flex mock draft here for the quarterback position. I think we have moved past the point with these landing spots, with the way the quarterback position fell in this year's draft. I think we are now past the point where we have to pretend like we need to take a quarterback at 101 in a super flex league. And I am somebody who prioritizes quarterback in super flex leagues. I'm somebody who pushes that value up, but not this year. I can't do it. But I got to tell you, Kenny Pickett was my highest graded TP valid at the quarterback position going into this year's draft. And he ends up being the first quarterback selected. And not only that, he lands with a team with already a variety of weapons of Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Najee Harris. And now uh, Pittsburgh went out and got not only George Pickens, but also Calvin Austin. He's got a balanced running game with Najee Harris. I like Kenny Pickett. Is he ever going to be the wide receiver, or the, I'm sorry, the quarterback one overall for fantasy football? No, probably not. But can he be a quarterback one for fantasy football? Back end quarterback one? Yeah, I think he can. I really do. Is he going to be that right away? No, but I think he could be a top 24 quarterback right away as a rookie and be a really consistent presence in the fantasy football world. Now, before I jump on to my next six here, I have to do a quick infomercial just because I've been absolutely grinding it out. I'm actually recording this video here after I just finished updating the entire rookie big board. All 212 players that are fantasy football relevant are on the rookie big board. It's updated. You can get access to my full rookie rankings, including including 130 pages of rookie guide, over 90 player profiles that will release Sunday morning after the NFL draft, updated with 2022 full projections and updated analysis based on landing spot. All of that available for just $3, just $3 at patreon.com slash the FF educator. All right, let's go ahead. No more infomercial straight mock draft in here from this point forward. Jamison Williams, 107, wide receiver to the Detroit Lions. I saw in the patron discord, uh, Jamison Williams fell as far as 108 in a rookie draft earlier uh, for, for somebody. And I actually, that doesn't surprise me. Listen, I like Jamison Williams. I think if you take Jamison Williams at 104, absolutely justified. You take him at 108, absolutely justified. You just need to understand that it's a long-term investment. Some people aren't willing to make that. That's totally fine. 107 feels good to me. Traylon Burks, 108 to the a wide receiver to the Tennessee Titans. I know there's folks that are more excited about this pick than I was. I think for me, uh, Traylon Burks coming to this point is because I was projecting him into a really ideal landing spot. He doesn't land there for me. I don't like Traylon Burks as the guy in the offense. And I know Robert Woods is there, but I don't know if Robert Woods is exactly an X2. That's probably, I feel like I'm going to get some comments on that comment. But 
I, I just I, w- I wanted Traylon Burks there with somebody else pulling the top coverage. I don't want the defenses honed in on him. I don't want that over-manufactured production. And I feel like all of those are just yellow flags. No red flags. I don't hate the landing spot, but there's so many yellow flags here that if you're asking me to choose between Traylon Burks and these other wide receivers, with the exception of potentially Jamison Williams, I'm going to choose the other wide receivers. But still, 108, that's good value, right? We are eight picks deep in this rookie draft, and I feel like we're hitting a tier break right here at 108, right? Because all of these players are very talented, and I'm projecting them to have pretty significant fantasy football impact. And then we have some other really good players that I like, but that have gotten pushed up based on their own landing spot, and especially the quarterback draft capital slipping here. And the first player there, our first player here that we're going to talk about is Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver now with the Washington Commanders. It's actually a sneaky good landing spot. I think he pairs up well with Carson Wentz. If we get Pete Carson Wentz, we're going to be in a pretty good spot here for Jahan Dotson. He's got that good draft capital, top 50 draft capital. Uh, so the, I'm sorry, he ended up with top 20 draft capital. Uh, so there's so many selections here. Uh, so really good draft capital, much better. And uh, he was somebody that I really liked coming out, the ability to take the top off the defense. Terry McLaurin is there going to be pulling top coverage here. So that's a good fit. Hey, how about Sky Moore? Ends up slipping just outside of top 50 draft cap, but lands with the Kansas City Chiefs. We're willing to be patient for that landing spot. And listen, Sky Moore projects into a good volume-based role too. He's not just a speedster. He has great hands. He's going to have the ability to work over the middle of the field, play along the boundary. Then Kansas City is going to work them all around. But heck, we have a really explosive wide receiver. He's paired with uh, Pat Mahomes at one uh, one ten. You can't go wrong here. Now, this is where I think things are going to get interesting, and this is kind of why I broke down that tier break at one hundred eight because I do think that once you get past one hundred eight, right, you get to a one hundred nine, one ten. There's going to be folks here that are going to start pushing up these uh, what I will call tier two running backs, and there really are only two running backs in tier one now. It's Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, and so there's going to be a lot of of choice here, a lot of preference when it comes to these tier two running backs, and some folks might push them as high as one hundred nine. If you push them higher than 108, it's going to be hard for me to justify that and rationalize that. I'm probably not taking Rashad White or James Cook with the 111 or 112 picks, but I do think people will, and that's why I break him out here. Now, Rashad White is somebody here, he slots right into what I would call an elevated Gio Bernard role to start at Tampa Bay with the size and explosiveness, the ability to run in between the tackles uh, to end up taking over the Leonard Fournette role. So there's a lot of uh, upside here with Rashad White, but I want to point out here, there's not guarantee with Rashad White. James Cook, similar situation here. Little surprise that the Bills went with James Cook, Thought they would have gone for a little bit more of a power back, but in some ways it makes a lot of sense. They want to throw the ball. They want to open it up, and James Cook is going to allow them to open it up here. He's going to be a target in the flat. James Cook can also run well in between the tackles. I don't think Buffalo would have drafted him if they didn't think that he could get you know 120 to 150 productive touches on the ground each season too. So James Cook going above 200 touches, that's exciting. If I'm choosing between White and Cook, I'm going to go Cook because I think there's a little bit more upside there, and I trust the offense long term, right? Tampa Bay seems like every year I'm just waiting for the carpet to get pulled out from under us, and it almost did this year. We got another year of Brady, but let's not overly bank on that, but what we do want to do here is jump into the second round of this mock draft, and I'm going to try to keep going quick here. I want this to be a relatively condensed episode, but there's so much information here. Let's start at 201 with Malik Willis. Here's where the quarterback slide uh, starts to come to an end. I guess 201 here, Malik Willis, for some folks, including myself and some of these pre-draft mocks, had about 101. Obviously, the draft capital was much lower than we expected, but it's not a terrible landing spot. Tennessee has an out 
on Malik Willis's or not Ryan Tannehill's contract after this season. Uh, and so he has we have the ability to have Malik Willis redshirt, which is what we expected, anyways, develop and potentially take over this Tennessee offense here. It's an upside selection. You have to be okay leaning into the risk factor here. But if you do, you could end up with a really, really big hit three years down the road. George Pickens, wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, uh, high octane offense. High volume offense is probably a better way of saying that. I do think they're going to have Kenny Pickett throw just as much, if not a little bit less than Ben Roethlisberger. And you combine that here with the fact I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, and that's probably going to scare folks off. That's why he's down here at 202 instead of 110 where Jahan Dotson is. But... With George Pickens, you have to remember, he's used to being efficient and finding the end zone without a lot of targets. That's what he did at Georgia, so we're not sweating that too much. Uh, next picks here, I'm going to start going a little bit in a, uh, you know in groups. Christian Watson, 203 wide receiver to the Green Bay Packers. 204, John Mechie, wide receiver to the Houston Texans. 205, Alec Pierce, wide receiver to the Indianapolis Colts. And 206, Matt Corral, quarterback, lands with the Carolina Panthers. Now, we have a, obviously a few more wide receivers here, and I do think wide receivers are going to push up to the top of the second round and really dominate that part of your drafts here and again it's going to be a lot of preference I could see Christian Watson going as high as the first round remember Christian Watson as much as I love him and I've been the guy that's touted him I've been the guy that's hyping him up I recognize the fact that he is developmental still and when when he hits is Aaron Rodgers still going to be there? I don't know. I have questions about that. I love John Mechie in Houston, though. I think he can project into a 20-plus market share role. He could really stretch the field. And again, wide receivers, we should be thinking long-term. You know, Houston could be looking again at a top three, top five selection and have the ability to get one of the best quarterbacks in a strong 2023 quarterback class. All right, let's jump to the next group here. I want to talk about Alec Pierce, Matt Corral. There's so much to break down, but I feel like I shouldn't talk about all 48 players uh, because if you let me, I will, and I'll probably end up talking about 60 or 72, but I'll, I'll move on here to 207. Desmond Ritter, quarterback, lands with the Atlanta Falcons. Listen, if you like Desmond Ritter pre-draft, your priors are confirmed. If you didn't like Desmond Ritter pre-draft, which I did not, then your priors are confirmed, right? You could take this argument either way. I'm still fading him in rookie drafts, even at 207. 208, Trey McBride, I think, is going to end up being the most valuable tight end. He goes to the Cardinals. What I like about this landing spot is that it tells me that Cliff Kingsbury wants to use him like a wide receiver. What I don't like about this landing spot is there's a, a lot of other mouths to feed in Arizona. So this might be a situation where Trey McBride ages a little bit. His value ages well uh, when uh, Zach Ertz phases out. Remember, they just extended Zach Ertz. Uh, when... Uh, AJ Green is officially done when DeAndre Hopkins starts getting less targets, right? So going to be a little bit of a process here, but I do like Trey McBride. I think he's worth a late second round pick. Some folks are probably a little annoyed that I haven't taken him higher. It's Damian Pierce, the running back out of Florida, now with the Houston Texans. I think a lot of folks are very in on Damian Pierce. I had a little bit of a so-so tape evaluation. He ends up going early round four to the Houston Texans. It's a high volume role, which is good. But he has a similar skill set to Marlon Mack, so it's not like we can split the carries halfway through. I think Marlon Mack is also a talented back, so I, I know for some folks they're going to look right past him. I'm not willing to do that. I'm fine with Damian Pierce as a mid-to-late second-round pick. I do expect he'll probably go a little bit higher, so I probably won't have much exposure to him. 210, Wandale Robinson, New York Giants. I know there's a lot of folks that are probably going to comment on this exact episode and let me know that I was way too low on Wandale Robinson, and that's fine. Give it to me here because it's the ultimate karma my new york football giants were the ones who took the player that i was low on listen we have to proceed with a little bit of caution still and so wandale robinson is a little bit lower than this adp in my rankings i'm worried about the manufacturer production role in an offense that already has Kadarius tony I'm worried about a bad passing attack, and 
But there are folks who are just going to lock in on that top draft capital, and that's absolutely fine. If you want to take Wandale Robinson, take him at the back end of the second round of your uh, fantasy football rookie drafts, I think that is a fine place to invest in that risk. David Bell, 211, a huge riser. I'm not sure that he, again, like definitely warrants this, but if you look at his analytical profile, fantastic. He grabs top 100 draft capital, fantastic. He's in an offense now led by Deshaun Watson, most likely. Amari Cooper on the opposite side. Uh, David Bell moved up in the rookie big board for me, especially on that long-term upside projection. And then 212, I had to sneak him into the second round still. My goodness, this is one of the hardest, most difficult evaluations that I'm still processing and working through. Like, in, This is the first mock draft right after the NFL draft ends. So there's going to be some movement here, but I'm still working through Isaiah Spiller. So I had to get him in the second round, 212 to the Los Angeles Chargers. I hate this because I have a ton of exposure to Austin Eckler. Uh, now they do complement each other, but I don't see Isaiah Spiller ha- having a 200 plus role right away. You know, he may phase into being the lead back as they phase Austin Eckler out. Uh, but they're going to be splitting that volume for now. Spiller will have a role, but it's certainly much worse draft capital and a much less volume than we were hoping for for Isaiah Spiller when at one point he was a locked and loaded tier one running back. And that's me. I'm going to call myself on that. I definitely had him up there. He fell much further than I expected. Let's jump into round number three here. Zamir White uh, running back. For the Las Vegas Raiders, I got to tell you, I think this is sneaky, one of the best landing spots. I've been hammering home Zamir White as somebody that I would have near 100% exposure to if he got top 100 draft capital. He just slid into day three, early fourth round rookie selection. I still really like this for Zamir White. Just this week, the Raiders declined to pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option here, so I expect them to move on from Josh Jacobs after this year, and I think Samir White can be that two-down back. I also think that they need White to come in and contribute right away as a rookie, so if he's here at 301, I'm going to take Samir White probably 9 out of 10 times. 302, the running back, Tyler Algier, lands with the Atlanta Falcons. This was the role we were hoping a running back would land in in round two, and we can combine draft capital with volume and have it be an absolute smash hit. Now, for Algier, he's strong, good lower body strength. Uh, You know, for me, it makes sense because they have Mike Davis there, and Tyler Algier reminds me a lot of Mike Davis, except he's less Mike Davis-y, all right? So I'm fine with him at 302. I wouldn't push him up into the second round, but I think folks probably will. Now, 303 is Brian Robinson Jr. for the Washington Commanders, and I know some folks are probably wondering why it took me so long to get to Brian Robinson Jr. He's higher on my board. I value Brian Robinson Jr., despite the fact that he's splitting carries with Antonio Gibson, right? So I value him. I'm not sure everybody else will. That's my reflection here. I like Brian Robinson in between the tackles. I think he's going to get more of the volume than expected. I think Ron Rivera wants to run the ball, control the pace of play. That's going to help balance things out for Carson Wentz. And if nothing else here, we're seeing a lot of investment in the Washington Commanders offense. 304, Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. I got to be honest with you all. I watched 90 players before the draft. Tyquan Thornton is the only non-tight end that's been drafted here, at least so far, that I didn't have a tape review on before the draft. But I went back this morning after he was drafted in the top 50 by the New England Patriots. I watched his tape. I talked to some Patriots folks. They told me that he may play in a Nelson Aguilar-like role. And after you watch his tape, my goodness, you can't not see him playing an elevated, more athletic version of the Nelson Aguilar role. At 304, I will be in on Tyquan Thornton, despite the fact that he wasn't even on my radar out of 90 
film evaluations going into the draft. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, lands with Dallas Cowboys. You're either in on Jalen Tolbert or you're not. Generally, I fade receivers that I have hand concerns with, but I understand because the highlights are fantastic. I understand why folks will be on them. I probably won't have any Jalen Tolbert. I don't blame you if you do. 306, Greg Dolchich, the tight end that lands with the Denver Broncos, takes over the Noah Font role, isn't going to be quite as good of a pass catcher, quite as athletic as Noah Fant, but I think he fits into that role very nicely here. I understand why folks would take him off the board 306. 307, Calvin Austin the third going to the Steelers. Now, Calvin Austin's down here at 307. I think folks are still going to like him. They know that name recognition. They know that speed. But again, I just talked about all the mouths to feed in the Pittsburgh offense. I believe the Steelers primarily took Calvin Austin to be a special teams guy to start. So if you can get him uh, late in the third, I'm cool with that because you can stash him on your bench and he can grow into a role here. Maybe they move on from uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, maybe the field just opens up in a variety of different ways, injuries and such, right? 308, Khalil sure. Khalil Shakur, wide receiver to the Buffalo Bills. Everybody listening to this episode, if you've ever listened to me talk about rookies before, knows that I am thrilled about Khalil Shakur to the Buffalo Bills. He's on all my Debbie squads. He's on most of my Campus of Canton squads. I've loved this guy. He's quick off the line of scrimmage. He can separate well. He's got great hands, and he's going to fit right into the Emmanuel Sanders role in Buffalo. I love it for Shakur. I love it for the rest of the Buffalo offense. Probably my favorite landing spot, if not one of my top three favorite landing spots of the weekend. 309, Velas Jones Jr., the wide receiver, goes to the Chicago Bulls. Oh, Chicago Bulls, my goodness. Chicago Bears. And he's going to play a big slot field stretcher type role for Justin Fields. A lot of folks are completely out on Velas Jones Jr. because of his age. That's why I've got him here at 309. The rookie big board values him slightly more. I love his film evaluation. And he's slotting right into a volume role. I've heard a lot of people call him just a special teams player. Uh, he will be a special teams player for the Bears, but he is not just a special teams player for the Bears. I want to be clear about that. Finishing it up the third round here, Danny Gray, wide receiver, San Francisco 49ers. Good draft capital. Not super excited about his fit or his volume projection. Sam Howell, quarterback, Washington Commanders, goes in the fifth round at 311, and I do expect him to fall into the third round. At 311, I'll take Sam Howell all day. Even though we may have to wait, even though it may require Carson Wentz to bust, there's a variety of factors that could cause Sam Howell to really just clog up your bench for a while, but at 311, I'm willing to take the shot. 312, one of my favorite pre-draft landing spots I kept trying to manifest was Jeremy Ruckert, tight end to the New York Jets. I'm not letting him get to the fourth round if I'm picking at 312. He's my tight end two right now on the rookie big board. Round four here, we have more picks. Running back Hassan Haskins goes to the Tennessee Titans, and I know what you're thinking. Why draft Hassan Haskins with Derrick Henry there? A couple reasons. One, he's a real plug-and-play for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry right now uh, is at 70% touches. you got to think they want to rotate him on and off the field, right? And Hassan Haskins can plug right in and, and, and chew it up, be a goal line back. Great strength, great lower body. He's one of my sleepers going into this. And then you take into the fact, and I never wish this on anybody, but, you know, there's really nobody else there if Derrick Henry does miss a week or two with injury, right? And then Hassan Haskins all of a sudden becomes extremely valuable. You cannot let your rookie drafts end and let Hassan Haskins hit the waiver wire. Waiver wire. Cade Otten, tight end, goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. An early day three selection, athletic pass catching tight end, is going to be featured if, if Gronk doesn't come back. Even if he does, he's going to grow into a featured role. Cade Otten would have been a day two selection if he did not get injured in the back end of the second, uh, second half of his final season there at UW. 
403, I don't care. I'm pulling the trigger here. Kyron Williams, the running back for the Los Angeles Rams. I think he could be that that pass-catching role. I think he could plug in right away. I don't think Henderson uh, affects the role that he would play. I, I think he has that third-down ability, and I think he can plug in right away. Maybe it's, it's being overly optimistic about a player that I've been bullishly high on, even despite the poor athletic testing. He ended up with late late draft capital, but I don't care. I'm going for it with Kyron Williams. Jerome Ford, I'm wearing this L uh, uh, brightly here. I wanted Jerome Ford to be a tier two running back. He's going to end up being a more of a bench depth type guy. Now he lands in Cleveland. They may move on from Kareem Hunt, but still Nick Chubb is there. It's not going to be a high volume projection for Jerome Ford, but hey, the fourth round, one of the things you use the fourth round for are the guys that you've loved the whole time through, and they land in ugly landing spots because people did that with Elijah Mitchell last year, and he sure worked out. So I'm not saying anybody in this year's draft class is going to work out the way Elijah Mitchell did, but go and get your guys because you don't want to regret those guys panning out, and then they're not on your roster. 405, Pierre Strong, running back New England Patriots. He's not the, the, he's not on it, so we can talk about him too. Kevin Harris, they take two big backs despite having Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. If you like Pierre Strong, you're going to find a way to rationalize yourself into this pick. But my goodness, it's it's not only is it a crowded backfield, it's a crowded backfield of running backs that all have very similar roles that they should be playing on an offense. So New England is just truly playing their ball, their style, and it's not going to help fantasy football. It never has, it never will. Eric Azukanma, wide receiver, Miami Dolphins, boom, gets that draft capital that I've been hyping him up for athletic boundary guy all of a sudden it's a really interesting Miami Dolphins wide receiver group Zukunma, Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle all right we're starting to get some weapons around Tua here Azukuma probably not going to be the volume guy but I still really like him he's worth a stash he's worth putting towards the bottom of your bench six more picks here in the first post draft rookie mock remember let me know whether you're watching drop a comment on YouTube if you're listening tweet at me let me know in the discord tell me I want to hear it because this is probably the most fun mock draft so far and I feel like I'm ripping through these picks here I want to do another 15-16 after this, but I won't end it at four rounds. 407, Kyle Phillips, wide receiver, Tennessee Titans, going to fit right into that Adam Humphreys role there, probably going to plug and play year one. Is he ever going to be a high-end wide receiver? No. Is he going to have wide receiver three weeks? Yes, probably. 405, I love the fit. Tyler Beatty running back to the Baltimore Ravens. There's always room for rushing volume, but more importantly here, they're going to use Tyler Beatty as a check down option in the passing game. They want that pass catching running back that's always been a part of that successful offense built around Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins, they're going to focus on me between the tackles. I think Beatty can have 125 plus touches a season. He could find the end zone five times and he can be fantasy football relevant. So at four away, I think you'd get a real steal with Tyler Beatty. 409, Romeo Dubs, wide receiver, Green Bay Packers. Another guy that I'm probably going to be out on. Suspect hands, difficulty separating, but he is a downfield burner. So you can see Green Bay is clearly trying to open up the field, and people will take him because he's with the Packers and because he scored fairly good draft capital. 410, sneaky, sneaky pick. Daniel Bellinger, tight end, went early day three of the New York Giants. Very athletic guy, used really creatively by San Diego State, but not targeted a ton. A lot of folks are very excited about him, his ability to develop, and there's a large uh, uh, volume uh, of available, large opportunity in the New York Giants' tight end room. There's nobody there. It's like Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, Jordan Aikens, uh, and that's it. So Daniel Bellinger has a shot to be immediately and long-term fantasy football relevant. Remember, the Giants are probably going to improve their quarterback situation, going to improve their offense over the next few years. I think I heard or saw 
a few people referenced Dawson Knox as, as a potential. I believe uh, maybe it was Danny Kelly's tweet had him, you know, kind of, is he going to be this Dawson Knox that takes a couple of years and once the offense clicks, he clicks. I could see that. I could see that progression coming through. 411 Tyrion Davis Price running back for the San Francisco 49ers. He ends up with day two draft capital. What are the 49ers doing? I have no idea. I won't draft Davis Price, but I know because he's got the day two draft cap that he will he will be off the board in the first 48 picks. So I couldn't completely snub him. And my last pick, I love him. He's one of my guys. I couldn't let the 48 picks go without it. And I had to make sure there was enough tight end love because I know it's a bad class. We're not taking tight ends early, but there's enough guys worth taking shots on late. Here's the final selection. Mr. Irrelevant, so to say, it's Grant Calcaterra, tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think he will be irrelevant. Philadelphia, we know, likes to work through the tight ends in the passing game. We know they have a history of using two tight ends. Grant Calcaterra is athletic. He's a pass catcher. I think they're going to use him. Is he ever going to be the guy for fantasy football? Maybe not right away, but there are situations that could progress down the road where he could find himself being fantasy football relevant consistently, and that is worth taking a shot on with your final pick because the tight end position is an absolute desolate landscape but I gotta tell you what's not a desolate landscape is this rookie class we've been hearing for a year now that it's not good it's not solid I've met, I went through 48 picks and there were players that I am still very legitimately excited for we could go 18 24 picks the guys that I think can be impact players for fantasy football purposes so I hope you've been stashing up those second round picks like I've been telling you to do for a year and I hope that you enjoyed this episode again let me know I want to hear it whether you're listening whether you're watching make sure you're subscribed and as always and probably more than ever i appreciate you checking out this episode 